Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This, this is the Rich Eisen Show. I know I'm great. Let's just review this. <laughs> Honestly. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Does he want to stay in Chicago? Yeah, of course. I feel like the biggest thing with all this, just let me know if I'm getting traded, let me know if I'm staying. The Rich Eisen Show. I get it with Justin Fields feeling that way. Earlier on the show, NFL Network analyst Chase Daniel, senior NBA insider for The Athletic and Stadium, Sham Sharania. Coming up, Pro Football Hall of Famer Terry Bradshaw. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We've got time for you this hour if you want. Chris Brockman's got a news update on what's going on in the rest of the world. That finally gets some real significant live game action coming up tonight. The NBA returns from its All-Star break. We haven't seen NBA action in over a week, and that does include the NBA All-Star game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, that's coming up tonight. Sham Sharania joined us in hour number two from The Athletic and also Stadium, giving us his two cents on what he thinks the second half of the season is going to look like and anybody out there needs a new, an update on their favorite team star, injured star athletes and whether they're going to return from MB to Julius Randle. Stay tuned. We re-air right here on the Roku channel as soon as we are done Every single day, 12 to 3 Eastern live, and then we re-air until the very next day. Chase Daniel was on in hour number one, but joining us right now to kick off hour number three is one of my favorite human beings on the planet and thrilled to have back here on the Rich Eisen Show in advance of him bringing his acclaimed stage production, the Terry Bradshaw Show, back to Branson, Missouri, starting this spring. The great Terry Bradshaw. How are you, Terry? Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Aloha from the beautiful state of Hawaii. Is that where you are right now? Is that where you are? I am. I am. We've been over here uh, about a week. A week. uh, Yeah, about a week. Then I had some work to do. And we went back for three days and we're back again. And we're here actually. Two two weeks. And then all the kids come over in 10 days. And so we'll be over here. About a month. Are you a Big Island guy? We're we're in Hawaii. We're, I am. Okay. Yeah, I am a Big Island guy. We're nice. We're uh, located at Kohala Ranch up on the volcano, about nineteen hundred feet above sea level. It's nice. Man, Terry, you the man. I really appreciate you taking time from Hawaii. My gosh, from your from your time out, uh, zooming in here because you know yeah. I was I honestly was thinking um, when I was leaving the Super Bowl and Mahomes did it again. Yeah. Um, who can I talk to who has as many, if not more, rings and knows what it's like to do back to back. Who can I talk to about that? Well, and- Brady wasn't available. I am the original. <laughs> I'm the original TB. So you want to talk to me, Rich? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, plus, sir. Plus, I'll return your phone call and I'll be right here for you. <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> well, you know, us Michigan men do like to try to stick together. Um, but but all, all all that said, what what went through your temples when you watched Mahomes do his thing? On Super Sunday um, night, the fourth quarter, I I felt like the game was Kansas City's. I thought the first three quarters, with uh, neither offense being able to do anything, defensive playing really both defenses, I thought were playing well. I like the scheme the 49ers had set up for Mahomes. No, no, um, there were no exciting plays offensively. All the big plays were defensively, right? Done in the first three quarters, and then. Uh, you know, they kind of, uh, they Kansas. I mean, when the 49ers took the, took the ball in overtime, I kind of thought maybe they should have passed on that mm. and let, uh, Kansas city have the ball first, but I understood it because their defense had been on the field so long, uh, and they needed to rest them. So that made sense too. But I thought by the time the fourth quarter got going, uh, I saw that the momentum had switched to the chief side and uh, that they would win, especially because in games like that, uh, when teams are kind of evenly matched, I think um, 
you tend to go right to the quarterback and say, all right, do I want, you know, the young kid from 49ers, Purdy, or do I want the guy Mahomes who's who's uh, electrifying? And obviously that that would be your choice. If you're if you're tossing it up and down, that would be the way to look at it. Well, obviously, you know what it takes to win a game like that from the position that Mahomes plays. I'd imagine you'd want to know if you had a fourth down, you could go for it, right? So that that was the conversation about the overtime is that you're not yeah. only giving Mahomes the ball and knowing what he needs to do, but for half the field, a fourth down, four shots at it, right? Well, you know what? Hey, Rich, you know what? I thought the RPO, their, Kansas City's version of the run-pass option, yeah, which was really – run, ride in, pull out, read, run. They ran that play twice, and it was huge first downs for Kansas City, uh, especially in overtime. So I thought Andy Reid, Andy Reid was just, just an amazing coach. I, I think, you know, I, th- I think America appreciates him more and more and more. He's getting, uh, he's in his 60s, and uh, he's a little chubby guy. And uh, he stands over <laughs> on the sideline with that mustache. We see the I have the vision of the of it frozen <laughs> so, in the in the playoff game, and you just have so much respect from his, his offensive mind. And when you when a person says offensive mind, all you're talking about is formations, all these formations, and all this movement to create that one on one or 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 that. Um, uh, confusion uh, on a defense, and uh, I just thought I thought Andy Reid was just brilliant, you know, in this football game. Have they ever given the MVP to a coach? I know, right? About, I hey, know. Have you ever thought about that? I know. I don't. I I, I don't believe so, but I I understand uh, MVC, yeah. the most valuable coach in the game, you know, and he's <laughs> he's an he's an old school guy too, but yes. but he does relate to the current players in a way. That um, that is the envy of of many, and and he's able to, I guess, let things roll off his back in real time. I imagine you never went up to Chuck Knoll and gave him an earful like Travis Kelsey did in the middle of the game to uh, to read, right, Terry? You never did that to Chuck. No, I never. No, are you kidding? <laughs> no, I never did that. I, first, let me explain something to you, Rich. Once again, yes, sir. I called my own play, so I didn't have anybody to deal with nice. but myself. <laughs> All right. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, hey, hey, listen, I know some people out there are watching this going, well, well, that arrogant guy. No, no, folks, you don't understand. You know, us guys that played in the 70s, we're so far the, down the totem pole when it comes to ranking quarterbacks because our numbers are so hideous and our interceptions are so high. So we reach and grab for anything we can, can get to remain you know, uh, constant, you know, and uh, I didn't, I would, I never did, and nor would I ever have uh, gone and done that to Chuck Noll. I did take his hands off of me one time and throw him down because he, he had a habit of grabbing me, but he wouldn't try to make a point. Well, I knew he was trying to make a point, but didn't need to grab me. And I remember taking his hands and throwing him down one t- <laughs> How'd he take that? Uh, he took it fine. Okay. He took it by him. Yeah, he understood. Chuck's smart man. He understood. He did the battle. It's it's like um, Travis Kelsey. I felt bad for Andy because Andy had had hip surgery. Yeah. Uh, he had his game plan in his hand. And when Kelsey went over, Kelsey didn't push him. I think Kelsey, Kelsey went over and bumped, accidentally bumped him. I don't yes. think he pushed him or anything. It was an accident. But it looked bad on television. And I felt bad for Andy. As a matter of fact, when the game was over, I texted Andy. He immediately, get this, he he immediately texted me back. And um, I said, way to go. You know, played great defense for th- three quarters, four quarters, got in overtime, turned it over to number 15 and win the game. And uh, he was well, He was quick to respond and very gracious in his response. Nothing about Kelsey and Kelsey felt bad, and it's over. They won the football game. They did. Terry Bradshaw here on the Rich Eisen Show. And listen, Terry, you know, you you got four, and Mahomes is three, and we all understand, you know, numbers and things of that nature, right? Yeah, But And and you just even just alluded to it that guys from your era are not included in the Mount Rushmore conversation very much because, (laughs) you know, it wasn't the passing league or anything like that sort of thing. But it was a grown-ass man league. That's for damn sure. 
You know, you better, hey, you better be a big boy. So uh, you're going to get your ass handed to you. And uh, it was no faint of heart there, boy. It was a, a different football game completely. Not to say that these guys wouldn't be outstanding. Sure. If we if they played, uh, say, if Mahomes played for Pittsburgh, his numbers wouldn't. They would. I, I don't think they'd be any different because they just. You know, when you average 19 passes a game, they're not going to be different. They do 19 passes in the first two series now. I know, uh, I know. Just a different era, and I and sometimes I and I I say to my wife Tam, who's on the other side of the of the computer here, and I say all the time, you know, I wish I'd played in this era so that I could have, you know, proven that I you know I'm I'm not a 52 percent completion guy. I'm a much higher than I would be with the offenses they run. And could throw for all the yardage and have all the touchdowns. And then everybody is, oh, man, he was so good. And then you say, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm okay where I am. You sometimes wish that young people would realize it. See, I I remember Bart Starr in the first two Super Bowls. I remember Namath when he in the when they won the Super Bowl in what was the sixty nine or seventy and in the merger of the NFL in sixty nine forced the forced the merger actually. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember that. I remember playing against John Hadel, George Blanda. I played against Bart Starr. And the, the way the game was played back then and it's not to say that it wasn't great football, but it was. I thought the first three quarters of the Super Bowl this year, 58, I thought was defense. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, I know America's sitting back there going, boy, this is boring. But it was so good to watch and see the strategy and how great both defenses were. Quick to the ball. I mean, if you like great football, that was great football. I mean, I love that. And then you get tired. You got to understand those big men, they're not little men. They're big men. <laughs> yes. They have to rush in the passer, rush in the passer, rush in the passer, rush in the passer. Hey, you you eventually get tired. When you get tired, the brain makes mistakes. And um, Mahomes gets outside where he had been able to get outside running, uh, scrambling. So it was, I really loved the strategy. And as a quarterback, I'm sitting there watching defense, watching the defense. And I'm like, man, these guys, both teams are playing fabulous. And that's why you just had to feel like, and I was proud of Purdy. I thought he played extremely well uh, under conditions that he was in. Got his team down there, tied the football, well, had the lead. Mahomes tied it, and we knew he would. You know, it's kind of like when I watch Brady play against uh, Atlanta. I'm standing on the sidelines. He drives him down. Um, what's his face? Makes that incredible. God, that catch. I can't. Yeah, Julio Jones made that incredible catch for Julio Atlanta. Julio made about? that. Hey, Julio made that catch. That would have been right. I was four yards from that catch. How he caught that ball, I'll never know. Because when the guy came up, I, he swiped at it. And Julio caught that ball right on the sideline, what, the 22-yard line? And I'm like, oh, my God, was that amazing. And I thought if they were going to win the game, Terry, that would have been up there with Lynn Swan, and, and he's yep. the greatest catches in the history yep. of the Super Bowl. Yep. And instead, we're, we're talking about the the overtime win and things of that well, nature. Well, the overtime, you know? when they when they came back, when Atlanta came back on the very next play and tried to pass, I'm going, because I got a security guard there, not with me. He was just standing there, and I said, hey, yeah. this game – this game is over now. Kneel down, kick field goal. See you later. And uh, they drive back to pass, and I, and I hollered, "You gotta be kidding!" <laughs> That's right. Sack. Oh my God! And the guy, this, this security guy's looking at me because I'm, you know, I'm playing quarterback now. And, and then all of a sudden, they drop back again. And hold, holding, holding call, left yeah. tackle. Another 15 yard. Well, there it is. And then, of course, you know, they tried to get get it and they didn't get it. And Tom Brady got the ball and I turned to the guy, Julian Edelman, when he made that catch. Remember that unbelievable catch sure. Edelman made? Yeah, the, the Boston knee oh, party. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting right there. I'm sitting right there. And I turned to the security guard and I said, game over. I said, they're going to tie this game up and then they'll win it in overtime. So sure t- not. I even told Howie Long at halftime. Howie was so upset because Chris Long was playing for New England. That's right. They were down what twenty eight to three, something like that. Mm-hmm. 
And I told Howie, hey, hey, it's okay. It's okay. Now they're, now they're going to do what they do best, and that's throw, 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 throw. And that's how they're going to get back in the game. So stop worrying. Exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. Terry Bradshaw uh, here on I'm, the Rich Eisen Show. So in the few minutes I have left with you, Terry, where, where do you place Mahomes in the all-time great? Where do you Where do you put him? I'll do that when he retires, Rich. Okay. Um, I would say right now, I I I, I always rank quarterbacks according to winning uh, Super Bowls. Um, Brady, obviously, Montana, obviously, great quarterbacks, and they always put Unitas in there. Uh, nobody ever says anything about star. It's a different kind of way of playing. I would put Mahomes up there right now simply because. He reminds me so much of Brady in the sense he is so fiercely competitive and so and, and so amazingly confident in everything he does and a great leader. You can see that. So if I put Mahomes and Brady, Mahomes will give me the mobility to avoid sacks. Uh, outside of that, then you've got Tom down there reading coverages and uh, between the one and two. One's more athletic. They're both extremely accurate, both extremely you know, competent. So I, w- I would say in the modern day of football, as we know it now in the last 20 years, uh, then I would say my, I, w- I would probably take um, Mahomes just because of his athletic ability. Um, but it's hard to say the other guy's got seven, seven Super Bowl titles. And Patrick is about to experience, he thought this year was tough. Wait till next year. Everybody will be after him. I tried to go for three Super Bowls in a row twice. Hey, Rich, it's exhausting. Everybody wants a piece of you. Everybody plays above what they're capable of playing. I mean, and you feel the pressure. Uh, there's a part of you that says, oh, my God. I got to play Cleveland again, Cincinnati again, Houston, all these teams. Let's get to the playoffs because all you want to do is get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to Kansas City this year. They're flummelling around looking bad. We're all going, what's wrong with Kansas City? And I'm going, nothing wrong with Kansas City. They're bored. <laughs> <laughs> they want to get to the playoffs. And that'll be the same approach, Rich, they'll have next year. They'll struggle. They're going to probably struggle worse than they did. They'll probably have to go on the road again because Denver's going to be better. You, I guarantee you the Chargers are going to be better. Um, the Raiders with Pierce leading the way, they're going to be better. It is not going to be easy in their in their division. So I'm. they're going to have a hard time. But bottom line is, they're going to want to get through all of that, and they're going to say that we just, just get us in the playoffs. And if they get in the playoffs next year, they, I think they're if they make the playoffs next year, I think they're going to be the first team to win three Super Bowls because I don't know who can beat them in the NFC. I just don't. They're going to have to get through, of course, Baltimore too. So it's going to be fun to watch. I'm already. I mean. Couple of weeks out now, I'm, you know. <laughs> you and me both, Terry. I'm ready to go. You know, you I'm still watching television, and and everybody's trying to hang on to football. You know, if you go to the NFL Network, you can watch all you want. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the draft. I'm anxious to see the trades that are going to be made. Yep. Uh, yeah, I haven't. I've had a couple. You know, a couple of weeks off of football. Now I'm kind of. You know. I'm ready to get back into it. Before I let you go in your Hawaii Thursday, uh, what's your opinion on who should be the Steelers' starting quarterback? This coming Pickett. season, Terry. Oh, I love Pickett. You do. Kenny Pickett is uh he's I tell you what, Rich, I know him. I know him well. And he's fiercely competitive. He's he's extreme he's tough minded kid. Uh, things don't bother him. Uh I really like him a lot. Look, I'm gonna say this for the ten thousandth time this year. Surround not only Kenny. But any of these young quarterbacks, the kid and uh, with the Bears, um, surround them with talent. Uh, why is pretty successful with the 49ers, Rich? Look at all that talent and look at that coach calling plays. And that kid's got the poise. Kenny has the poise. I, I just want my quarterback to be poised. All right. I just want him poised. If he's poised, then his brain's going to be calm. He's going to see the coverages. He's going to be quick with his decision-making. And Pickett has all of that. They're going to beat him up, and they're going to want to trade for Fields in Chicago. And I say that's a huge mistake. You don't need Fields. Stay with what you got. 
Uh, just build him up, get him another receiver, get him an explosive tight end, get him, give him through, give him another tackle, give him a guard, you know, have the ability to protect him and then give him, give him guys on the outside. This is the passing league. Now giving people out there that can run and catch the football and that are smart. He's, he's fine. That's their guy. They're probably going to be a lot of negative about it, but that's the guy I would go with. Yeah, I mean, Arthur Smith, too, being brought in to be the OC. I yeah, like that. I like that. Exactly. Right? So do I. You know, Arthur was one game away from staying in Atlanta, mm, you know? That's right. That was a heartbreaker for him. He's I a good know. Dude. Yeah, so good are you, guy. Are you making your burgers out there? Bradshaw Brands frozen burgers? You doing no. that? You're not, no. No? No, they don't. No. You got to bring no, them. You didn't bring them over? No, no, they don't have them. They don't have them on the islands. Okay. No bourbon either. The bourbon company went kaput with flying away. So I have no bourbon. I got three bottles of Bradshaw bourbon left. And so. Okay. I'm sure. Bradshaw Brands. Trying to, okay. Hey, hey, Rick. Yes, sir. Are you in LA? Of course. Yes, sir. Yeah. Do you have any land? You would you like a horse? I mean, <laughs> what? Oh, no. really, what anybody you? there want a horse? I, I really need to sell some horses. Okay. Um, give us some thought. Hey, you don't have to say this over over there. Just give us some thought, man. Because okay. Well, if I could just sell you one or two for what three, four hundred grand, then. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Terry Bradshaw brands.com slash Bradshaw ranch. Is that what, dash ranch? That's a way that they can reach out to you selling horses and obviously getting, uh, getting your Bradshaw ranch, thick and juicy burger patties. That's it. Okay. You, you do got that. it. And then, um, and then you got your, your, your show returning Branson this spring. Right. Okay. Yeah, we'll go back to, uh, we'll go back to Branson. We'll go back to Branson in April and then we, uh, we'll tour the country. Um, and do some casino shows, you know, big casino in theaters. You're the best, man. Oh, trying to lose weight. Lost 24 pounds, but just, you look just good. You look no, good, Terry. Yes, you do. Look good. What are you talking no. about? What are you saying? I you mean, look, you look great. No, I don't. Thank you. God bless you. How good do I look, Rich? You look great. <laughs> and this is high definition, Terry. Hey, Come man, on. I'm telling you. You I, no I, makeup. You look bro, great. It's your no, it's bro, the glow. Year old. Hey, it's, I'm telling you, man. I never, I'd say, oh, God, I feel so good. I look so thin. And then uh, my buddy who's here playing golf with Tammy and I, he filmed me yesterday on a par three. Mm-hmm. I went, first thing I did this morning when he sent it to me to film to yeah. see my swing, yeah. I went, I didn't see the swing. I went, look, honey, look at the gut. Are you kidding me? Look at the gut. You look she great. Said, you look at the gut. You look great. That's it. Come on it's now. It's a struggle, man. It's a struggle. You're the best, Terry. I'm going to be an inspiration to all the older people out there, so I'm going to keep on going. You are that. Uh, if you got two more minutes, you you got a you got yeah. a you got a you got a, a Burt Reynolds story for me. What's your great? What's your what's your go-to Burt Reynolds story, Terry? What do you got for me? There. A really good Burt Reynolds story. Was it from Smoking the Bandit Two? Could well, it have been anywhere else? What do you got? Well, one of my greatest, one of my stories with doing Smoking the Bandit Two, okay, with Bert and Sally and everybody was uh, Jackie Gleason. Okay, I got to do a scene with Jackie Gleason. Yeah, uh, and I told him, uh, "Here comes Bert comes around in the at the uh, Orange Bowl, and then here comes Jackie Gleason in that old jalopy car of his, and yeah. he's coming, he's chasing Bert, obviously." And Bert says, hey, Turk, can you do me a favor? Can you stop, you know, the car? And I said, oh, sure. And I go, hey, Joe, tackle that car. So Joe tackles and turns Jackie Gleason over. But I was sitting in the car with Jackie, and he had a golf cup. <laughs> Not kidding you. <laughs> this huge golf cup full of vodka. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is great. <laughs> So Jackie was hammering down vo- Jackie Gleason oh was hammering down vodkas during the shooting yeah, he was of great. Smoking we were talking too. football and having a good time and he's drinking it. Ask me if I'd like a sip. No, I don't <laughs> you know look, I double dated with Bert. Uh stayed at his house, stayed at his dad's house, went to his theater in Jupiter. Look at that. He and I became really good friends, and he really liked me and I I really liked him and he was one of those guys who would call and say hey how you doing you know you didn't have to call them you know you had it it's kind of like he's a movie star and I'm just a football guy so I have to always make the friendship connection that wasn't Bert Bert was always one call out of nowhere 
Hey, how you doing? How you feeling? Good. Coming out? Coming out where? We're, we're filming in New Mexico. And he'd give me the dates. He wanted me to just come out. And I went, no. I mean, yeah, no. I, I, no, I can't make that. I do have one story quickly for sure. you. Sure. What else, Terry? I opened up my country music um, tour in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Okay. And I was singing at the Palomino Club. Remember the famous Palomino Club? Sure. And um, so I'm there. And um, Super Bowl was the week before, or two weeks, no, week before, probably two weeks, who knows? Anyway, Burt Reynolds went on NBC that night and did a skit about my brains and how dumb I was and so on and so forth. And uh, Pittsburgh fans just annihilated him with letters and um, complaints and so on and so forth. And so I'm out in Los Angeles. He sends his agent, David Gershenson, who ended up being my manager for 43 years. He sends him out to the Palomino Club and has a giant horseshoe deal of carnations and a huge letter from him saying how deeply sorry he was. He didn't want to do the piece. He related to me uh, a lot. He respected me and so on and so forth. Please accept this as and would you come would you come to the shoot tomorrow? I'd like to meet you and give you a hug and tell you I'm sorry in person. Well, I had to I had a show in Albuquerque, New Mexico the following night. Mm-hmm. Um I mean two nights. I had I had one day off for travel. And so David Gerson I said, Yeah, I'll go. So David picked me up and drove me out on the highway, probably an hour or so out of town. And there Bert was filming Hooper, you know, the yeah. um uh, stunt movie. And so I go out there and he comes out of his trailer and we pull up and he grabs me, kisses me uh, on the cheek. And he tells me how much he loves me and he's sorry. And he gets everybody over to meet me, come meet Terry Bradshaw. Hey man, he hugs me again. He says, uh, have you got a few, a few minutes? Do you have to rush off? I said, well, I got to go catch a flight and you know, so-and-so, but no, I'm not rushing off. He said, Hey, how about, how about doing this movie Hooper? And I said, I'm not, I'm not an actor. He said, oh, I don't care. You don't have to. I want to, I want to make, I want to make what I did to you up. I want you in this movie. So he calls Hal Needham, the director over, and they get on the top of Bert's truck and they go, they're going through the copy uh, of, of, of the, of the uh, movie. Where can we put him in? Where can we put it? Hey, here, right here. Let's make him a SWAT guy. So I was a SWAT guy from Houston, Texas. And I'm in the movie, my first movie, Hooper. And we're filming, um, we're filming at uh, the Palomino Club, believe it or not. It was actually in the parking lot, dressed up to look like the Palomino Club with nothing over top. And my first scene was to go over to the jukebox and I turn it off and I tell him, I go back to the teller, I forgot the lines I was supposed to use. <laughs> so when I stood over at the table, table I pushed him back and I, I threw some dialogue out like, you know, hey, look, you know, nobody messes. You know, I just I just ad lib because I I was embarrassed. I just ad lib and they never stopped it. They liked it. And I hit him on the head with a deal and we laughed. And he told me first time I hit him, he said, no, 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 no. Hit me. I didn't want to hurt him. (laughs) Hit me. So I. Bert, I said, he says, yeah, it's already cracked. They stuck the helmet together. And if you watch it, you'll see the crack just blurred. I said, Bert, I, I can't hit you hard. I might hurt you. You're not going to hurt me. Hit me. I said, you want me to hit you? I said, I'm going to hit you. And in the movie, I went, bam. And that helmet. <laughs> and there he hits, the, he hits the ground. And I'm in panic form now because, my God, I thought maybe I knocked him out. That was my first scene with him, and you then, know, and then, lived scene and hit me. It was all born out of all born out of that skit, and then you wind up in Smokey and the Bandit two, the Cannonball yeah. Run. You even did Evening Shade. I mean, my yeah. goodness, a lifelong I did friendship. Evening Shades with him, yeah. and and uh, yeah, he was. I mean, he loved me. I don't know why he always wanted me to go out dating with him. We'd go to Donna Shore's house, <laughs> and she'd have dinner, and she called me darling and darling. And uh, Sally Fields, I should sit with her while she would, what do you call that, croquet, whatever that croquet, sure. whatever that, yeah. she'd do that between takes. And so I just became part of the family. His mom and dad were awesome. His brother was awesome. Um, yeah. 
I just I kind of got into the family. Well, and um, yeah, you, he was a great, great man. Terry, you really, are awesome. Man, I, I I could talk to you all day uh, and enjoy, yeah, enjoy your, your, it's fun. Always fun chatting with you. Always. Love you, Terry Bradshaw. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Hey, listen. Yes. Okay. Don't let anybody know this, but you know the 300 grand I needed <laughs> for the horse? Yeah, yeah. 3,000. Oh. oh. Don't do let that. it get out. All We're right. off the air. Right. <laughs> Be well, Terry. Aloha. 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 Mahalo for the 10% discount. There you go. There's Terry Bradshaw. That was incredible. <laughs> I knew I'd ask him the right question about Burt Reynolds. Okay. So Burt did that. I, re I remember he did wow. that bit yeah. about how dumb Terry Bradshaw is, right? Would you, yeah. would he couldn't spell cat if you, if you, if you, if you, if you spot him the K, right? Wasn't, wasn't that, that Hollywood? Wasn't Henderson? that the scene? The scene, okay. Yeah. I don't know, what, whatever it was. And oh, something like that, yeah. I don't know, I might be conflating it. And that's how he called him up, I'm sorry, come out, let's shoot Hooper. That's dope. I mean. And Joe, by the way, of the Smoking the Bandit 2 is Klecko, I believe. Yes. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break. We are uh, behind breaks, if, they, if you will. We'll be back with more on The Rich Eisen Show. Half hour with Terry Bradshaw. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. When was the first time, Mike, that you met Al? Do you recall that? Uh, in Lake Placid. Mm -hmm. um, and then I ended up having the pleasure of working with Al and Ken a few Olympic games, uh, um, you know, after when I was when uh, I was a commentator. So um, we consider him, you know, part of our team. Whenever you know our team has a reunion, and we haven't had many, but we always try to ask Al to come because uh, he's like an extended member of our family. Well, I feel like the mascot. I'm like the San Diego chicken with you guys. I mean, you you guys wrote the script. I just happen to have, you know, the the the, the coda on it at the end of the game. But, uh, you know, inside the game itself, Mike, you know, when you think about the fact that people always forget that you guys were able to overcome three deficits. It was one nothing. It was 2-1. It was 3-2 Soviets. You get the the, uh, the game-winning goal, as it turned out, the tie-breaking goal at the 10-minute mark. But the other thing, as you well know, so much of that game was played in the United States, and people forget the Soviets had 39 shots mm. on goal, and the United States had 16. Right. And, I, you know, it's funny. I saw the game the other day, Al, for the second time since 1980. And it, it was amazing to watch the last 10 minutes, though. When we took the lead, I think they only had three shots on goal in the last 10 minutes of the game. Mm -hmm. um, so I was surprised at how well we played once we once we got the lead. And then the other thing that people don't remember, and I, and I, and I tell them all the time, is we didn't play just one game. You know, we, would, we were behind against Sweden. We were behind against the Czechs. We were behind against Norway. We were behind two against West Germany. Right. We were behind against Finland and, and still found a way to come back and win. And right. I think that's just a testament to, you know, we, we weren't lucky. It wasn't a fluke. We had some pretty good players. Our speed, our conditioning, our youth. Uh, all came to to a head right there in, in our advantage. Ah, our YouTube page. Check out for all of our Miracle on Ice coverage. Yeah, man. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. I'm back at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. 44 years ago today, this was the moment that occurred in Lake Placid, New York. 
between the United States men's hockey team and the Soviet Union, as called by the great Al Michaels. Up to self, five seconds left in the game. You believe in miracles? Yes! February 22nd, 1980. Goosebumps. Goosebumps. Always. Wow. Greatest sports moment of the 20th century. There's nothing that you could argue is bigger than a bunch of amateur hockey players at the time of our world and our country taking care of the Soviets. And back in that day, I remember the game was played in the uh, late afternoon. And my brother and I, my older brother, Jeff Eisen, um, made sure that my mom and dad would not listen to the radio. <laughs> that we wouldn't check on the traffic and weather together on the 8s. Yeah, it was on tape delay, right? Because it was on tape yes. delay. Yeah, that's wild. They tape delayed it and then showed it that night. That's crazy. And the rest of the country found out what had already happened. And I'll just say it, screw it. In this day and age, if you'd gone back then and told everybody what people are talking about right now about the Russia and disinformation and supporting democracies fighting against Russia right now and what's happening in our world right now, people would say, really, the United States? I'll leave it at that on this 44th anniversary because then that moment banded the entire country together about the possibility and the greatness of the United States as one. That's what I remember the pride and seeing Jim Craig looking for his dad draped with, you know, the flag draped on him. And Aruzioni and beating the Soviets who kicked Team USA's ass all over Madison Square Garden. I was at that game, Rich, the Madison Square Garden game with my uncle and my brother. It was it was absolutely a given that the ragtag bunch on skates with USA across the chest was going to go down in flames that night, and they didn't. And then, of course, the gold medal game two days later. Saturday's the anniversary. They were trailing. We are right. They trailed. And isn't that the, isn't that because Al Michaels again? Everybody should go down our our YouTube um, page as well. We've had multiple appearances of Al on this day on the anniversary. We had we hooked him up with Ken Dryden. Yep. We just showed a video of him hooking up with uh, Aruzioni, right? Yep. Um, and we we love when and Jim Craig. We had him zoom with Jim Craig. I do believe during COVID. I believe during the 40th anniversary or or the 41st anniversary. At any rate, go down our YouTube page because we, we love talking about this game and talking about it with Al. Uh, Al told a story of, I, I guess, that Herb Brooks told the players after they beat Russia, uh, pardon me, the Soviets, and um, going out for the gold medal game that, you know, you better win this because if you lose this, you'll you'll regret it till you go to your effing graves. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. No, 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 pressure. no pressure at all. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, Oof. as you know, Herb Brooks did not mince any words yeah. with his charges. At any rate, happy anniversary to all the survivors, the people who are still uh, alive today, I should say, from, from the team and, and to Al. Mm-hmm who said uh, he's going to take this year off in our studio. Next year's 45. Wow. Be back for that. Miracle on Ice, 44 years ago Crazy. today. We'll be back with Chris Brockman's news update in a moment here on the Rich Eisen Show. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. 
Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. This photo popped up on my uh, Twitter timeline during a commercial break in hour one, so I sent it home. Do you know that guy on the left is? Ben Stiller? Ben Stiller. No, it's Tom Thibodeau. Oh, really? <laughs> what? So like aside, Stiller, Nick Energy that. says, that's my coach, and says, it's official. We need Ben Stiller to play Tom Thibodeau in a film. That's, that's wild. And guess who responded? Ben Stiller. He wrote back, please. <laughs> Look at that photo. That's Thibodeau. That really does look like Wasn't he story. playing hoops and along came Polly? Is that yeah, the so one? Yeah, so him and Philip Seymour yeah, Hoffman. Philip yeah, Seymour yeah, Hoffman yeah. Were, were a great scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make it rain. Did he hit a rim once in that scene? Don't think so. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman? I think he may have hit the backboard But once. look at that Tom Thibodeau right there. No, Rich. It does look like Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller's saying please, right? Now, is that a please like, please, I'll do it? Or one of, no, your, or do one it. of your pleases hey, when listen, we say something you think is done? I, and you're like, I follow please. Ben Stiller on, on Twitter. Call, Am I right, Chris? Let me tell you, I don't know. I, mean, I think the only person who posts more about the Knicks than Ben Stiller is Jerry Ferrara. <laughs> it's true. Right? Probably true. Ben Lyons. Ben Lyons, too. Well, but Ben Stiller is a – he's a serious Knicks yeah, fan. Yeah, he's a diehard. So I think he would love to play – that does look like something out of, like, dodgeball, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it right there? It's Ben Stiller. Or Zoolander? If Zoolander had a, a pickup scene? There's no way that's not Ben Stiller. I'm that sorry. That is Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> that is exactly not Tom like Thibodeau. That's Ben Stiller. Like I mean, look at the short shorts. Clearly, that's oh, not a, a current photograph. Well, Ben Tim? Stiller, that's about his era. Yeah. Tim's had some lettuce, man. Look at that. Nice flow. He did have some flow. And clearly, looking for the foul. I mean, that's definitely there's something about Mary. Like he currently does. <laughs> that's definitely there's something about Mary heading to the prom, Ben Stiller. Right? Uh, yeah, good one. Yes. You know. Very good. Well done, gents. <laughs> Frank's amazing. Excellent reaction. You guys didn't know that was coming. <laughs> you knew right. No idea. I found that that's funny. Great. I thought you might too. And yeah. I am correct. <laughs> Back correct, on the Rich sir. Eisen Show. Game time tickets. Get it on a mobile device near you. How about your phone? Just choose it. Um, you can also pop it on your tablet and start buying tickets to an event near you comedy theater sports music view from your seat so you know those uh those obstructed views those don't happen those don't happen only jabronis get those you know but they don't (laughs) then then jabronis must not have game time they don't you know what i mean all right game time (laughs) tickets not only let you see the view from the seat that you're trying to buy but gives you all in pricing that's what i love I love the all-in pricing, so there's no sticker shock. You know exactly how much everything is all-in before you buy your tickets. The guesswork is removed when you buy tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code RICH, $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem your code R-I-C-H. So want me to spell it out. What does it spell with a Y? $20 off with R-I-C-H is your code. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We haven't done this in a while, but it's it's oh, it, yeah. but it's good. It's good because uh, again, I I don't know how NBC News emeritus Tom Brokaw has time to fit in for us. Well, I mean, if Terry Bradshaw is giving us a half an hour, we can get Tom right? Brokaw to just give You're us like a couple seconds, seconds to introduce Chris Brockman's news update. Hey. Hit it! Hit it! Hit it! And now, with a report of the day's news from the world of sports and entertainment, someone who is not a journalist or newsman by any definition of the word whatsoever, it's Chris Brockman. All right. He also sounds like a, a Dr. Spichemin as well. <laughs> well, Chris is an Dodge. actor, Rich, so that would explain yeah, why Tom yeah, would yeah, yeah. lend his I voice. have certificates. I am literally an award-winning newsman. All right, guys. Remember uh, yesterday? <laughs> what certificate do you have? Main what? Press Association. Yeah, he won that. Yeah, 2009. Column of the, of the year. Show him on this. Show some respect. Come on. Come on. Don't hate on my Brockman. 
You know what I mean? Mike, see? Why are you laughing at him? Game <laughs> recognizes what, game. What, what, happened, what happened in the main in 2009 that caused you oh, to man, hit wrote, your keyboard? I wrote a March Madness preview column. One of my finest <laughs> works. <laughs> One of my finest works. That's messed up. That's messed up. All right. So his bona fides have been arranged. So, just saying. Yeah. And you may now deliver the news, you Chris. You think you were like, what you know, your pilot was a jabron all Hey, yesterday out the door, I was like, hey, Antonio Pierce is like, we're going to have some Mahomes rules. He said it on Max Crosby's podcast. We have the sound. Okay. Oh, Roll it. Hit it. We got the Jordan rules, and we, we I'm calling now from now on, as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. So you remember when Jordan was going through it with the Pistons, all those guys in the 80s before he came, Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, the Pistons used to whoop his <laughs> Anytime he came to the hole, elbows, yeah. filling them, love taps. We touched them. We in the head mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I'm touching you. So I showed those guys Jordan getting his Whooped. Consistently. And on the side, I got this screen. I got these two these two <laughs> these two side. Um, and it's kind of like this is almost a little gory. Like this, we're getting crazy now, right? This this fucking bro. And we got these two screens showing of us just getting after it. Raiders versus Chiefs. And then the last one I showed Muhammad Ali in the four, in the fifteenth round, the twelfth round of his fights. Just giving it to him, finishing, finishing. I said, man, when we get to the end, we gotta finish him. We gotta put him away. We gotta put them away the way we want to put them away. Okay, you know what? I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Gotta do something. Well, first of all, he's he's on his his dog's podcast, right? Right. That's his guy. That's it. <laughs> Best player on the team. No question. Uh, defensively, I mean, yeah. Devontae Adams going to the Hall of Fame, and I think Max Crosby has that dog in him where he wants to go to the Hall of Fame too. Did you see him watching the Chiefs win the Super Bowl? He didn't have any reaction at all. Because deep down, I think he's just like, really? In the, in our house, the Chiefs yeah. are going to have pick up the red and gold confetti? Listen, Antonio Pierce, this is part of the reason why he's the coach right now. Because they bought what he was selling, and he beat the Chiefs on Christmas. That basically stamped it. Yeah, That was like, okay, we're going to remove an interim t- tag at some point. That's what I thought. Max Crosby kind of helped seal it by saying, if he's not here, I don't want to be here. And I think after the last interim head coach was let go and they brought in Josh McDaniels to lead to this, makes sense to get Antonio Pierce. But if you don't think the Chiefs are seeing this and saying, cannot wait till our schedule is out and we know when we're playing the Raiders, that thing will be on and cracking. And Antonio Pierce knows he's just up that ante, too. And he's putting it out there, and that's the new way of coaching. It's no mistake that he and um, Prime are repped by the same outstanding Hall of Fame individual as well, our friend Con Schwartz. That's a similar coaching style. I'm going to put it out there. Right, Dion, like if we didn't have two incompletions, the Heisman would already be in the crib. Didn't he say that in the the (laughs) halftime interview of his first game coaching, right, Mm -hmm. against TCU? Speak it into existence, but you know when you try to speak it into existence, the person against whom you're trying to speak it into existence hears it too. All the Chiefs are not going to like that at all. And you know Mahomes is going to take that, internalize it, and try and use it. And in a way, he's kind of helped the Chiefs get through two regular season games that might otherwise have, as Terry Bradshaw said in the first hour, somebody who's been through trying to go three-peat, get, get a little bored during the regular season waiting for the playoffs to hit. Okay. But I like it. That's the way he. That's the way he became the coach. The interim tag removed. I'm sure the Ra- Raiders nation must love, they love that it too. I'm sure they'll eat it up. It's red meat, but you know what? You know who also has red. Uh, the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. What else, Chris? What else you got? All right, saw this, Rich. Uh, Eagles. We know they were a disaster down the stretch. Uh, this is from Derek Gunn, who covers the team. According to his sources, Jalen Hurts' big contract pulled him in numerous directions, on and off the field, and put him under a lot of pressure that he didn't handle well. Also, Big Dom. That was a big story uh, late in the year. Him being suspended, he controls Nick Sirianni's emotions on the sideline. Get out of here. In his absence, Nick got in numerous arguments with players and coaches during games. Big Dom being the uh, security official <laughs> yeah. who stepped in. That was against the Niners, the right? Niners. Right? Yeah. 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 Made contact with a player, and then he got the gate. Big yep. Dom got sent off and then got suspended for the rest of the year. Eagles tank okay. after that. Yeah. So let me just say this. First of all, if Jalen Hurts needs to refocus, that would be surprising. Because his focus has never been in question. Oh. But secondly, if 
if Nick Sirianni needs the head of security there to be like his counterbalance of his personality, what a major problem that is. I mean, what a major red flag that is. I cannot imagine that if this is the, you know, the case that Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman wouldn't have known about this and they would have kept him. Because if that's the case, that's nuts. I've never heard of anything like such a thing like that. And maybe we're just trying to search for the reasons why the Eagles fell apart. Maybe they just weren't that good. 10-1 good at one point. I know that. Hey, when the one is against Zach Wilson and the Jets, that should be a red flag, too. Ugh, knocked me out of Survivor. All right, two quick items, guys. Uh, Buffalo Bills. Uh, this is Rich. This is you. I, I was looking for your name on this list. Uh-huh. The competition committee has two new members. Bills head coach Sean McDermott. Rams head coach Sean McVay on the competition committee. <sighs> no uh, Rich Eisen. I was looking through the press release. I got I, I, I to gotta talk to people. What happened? There should be a fans chair, and I would, I would be the fans chair in the competition committee. But you're not. Uh, you're by the way, and I'm, fan, be, I'm being dead serious. Oh, I, I am a fan. A fan. I'm oh, a, I, oh, I know you. Excuse are. me. I'm a fan, and I'm representative of the fans. That's what makes this show what it is. It's also because when I say that this show, the best thing about us is about <laughs> us. I'm including the fans in, in us. Okay. How dare you? Well, I thought you. I looked at you as a professional. Now, but at least I, you know, I can text McVeigh and tell him, let's get rid of this rule. <laughs> And uh, Bears head coach Matt Eberflus talked to the media today. Eberflus! Eberflus! Said that he will serve as the defensive play caller in 2024. That's right. I would have a problem if not. If you're going to be keeping your defensive-minded head coach after they just balled out on defense when he was calling the plays, and you're going to keep him despite having the first overall pick for a unicorn on offense, you better... Yeah, Eberflus, you're calling the plays. Good news update, Chris. Hey, thanks, guys. Going out the door. Let's do it. Really appreciate that. You got it. Jeffrey Wright is up for an Academy Award. We're going to win it for him when he's here tomorrow. It's called the Rich Eisen Show Bump because it's about the fans. (laughs) Hey, everybody. This is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day. Plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen.